Well, good afternoon. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to a special edition of Get Real with Rick Dancer. Uh, we're sponsored by Buck Sanitary Service. Uh, Scott and Lisa Weld are big on giving people a voice in the community. Uh, they sponsor a couple shows a month for us. Um, they are wonderful people. Um, they have never, they don't always agree with my content, but they always agree that people should be able to talk. So um, they've only turned down one show ever, and that was on roundabouts. So it wasn't even a really big deal, um, but they are wonderful people. So I understand if you have to go to the bathroom and you look up and it's not a bucks, you're still going to go. I get that. Okay. But if you're going to have a party, you have a group or a meeting or an office or a wedding or something like that, um, you know, you show some love to our sponsors and we can continue to do this kind of work. Um, one other thing that they do is they, they bring showers out. So they've done so many times brought showers out for, for homeless folks, for firefighters, um, so that they can get a shower and do that sort of thing. So they do all kinds of stuff as well. All right. We have a very important topic today. As you guys know, Peace Health Hospital has uh, kind of cracked down on. Uh, the vaccine, telling all employees that they have to have the vaccine and um, or else they're probably going to be fired on the 30th, 31st of the month. Um, about 20% of the people who work for Peace Health here locally do not have the vaccine. And they had a rally last night. Uh, I would bet close to 100 people showed up. We had an interview last night. We're bringing some of those people back. We also have other people for you to talk with. So let's put them on the line here. There's Jay. Jay with the, the double hair. I love this woman's hair. <laughs> and then Megan, our star from last night. Everybody knows Megan. And this and this is Bob Snee. Snee. And uh, he is with Oregonians. Say it, Bob. Oregonians for Medical Freedom. Okay. Oregonians for Medical Freedom. Megan, I'm right. going to put you up here because then when I put the comments up, it'll cover Bob's and my faces. And you guys are way better looking than we are. So we'll... <laughs> And we're the old men in the group, both the gray hair Santa and the hair So, um, you know, Megan, first I have to tell you, um, uh, Cameron Haynes uh, is a friend of mine, and he saw your interview last night and just went ape. He said, that's the best thing ever. So he contacted a friend of his named Joe Rogan, and uh, Joe Rogan wants to see that video. So I cut up a little segment and sent it his way. So uh, if you get discovered, um, I get 10% of everything you ever make in your career. And yeah. obviously you're going to need it because you're probably going to lose your job. So Megan let's, Megan, let's start with you. The concern at, at this point with what Peace Health is, is planning to do. My biggest concern is, I mean, medical freedom is my main concern. I do wholeheartedly believe that we all ha should have the right to decide what to put into our bodies and to make our own health decisions. Um, so Peace Health basically came out with a mandate August 3rd saying that we need to get vaccinated um, or um, if we don't get vaccinated, then we will be placed on unpaid mandatory leave. That is if we don't qualify for a medical exemption or a religious exemption, both of which um, they have said to us that um, they will not be giving out lightly. The medical exemption is extremely um, limited definition of what would actually qualify. They originally said we do not have religious exemptions that we will be getting, um, but we know that that's against the law. So um, they're gonna have to allow for some of those. Um, and so even if we, if we get one of those medical or religious hard to come by exemptions, then we will, probably be removed from patient care, um, which is the sole reason why I do nursing is because I absolutely love my patients. Um, and we will have to test weekly as well. Um, if we do not get a medical exemption or a religious exemption, then um, we will be placed on unpaid mandatory leave. Um, we will suffer disciplinary action up to and including termination. So Jay, you also, what do you do at the hospital? And, and Megan, you work in the COVID unit. Yeah, so I'm a float nurse. So I work all over the hospital um, and I've worked very regularly in the COVID unit since November. Okay, Jay, where do you work? What do you see? What are you experiencing at the hospital? Um, I work in the main OR as a surgery scheduler, but currently I am remote. I have been remote basically since this whole thing started. So honestly, when that policy came out, I was like, well, you know, how is this going to apply to me? And it still does. And I guess I kind of understand that as they want to just do it straight across the board, not, you know, single anybody out. But then again, as Megan mentioned, 
with the religious and medical exemptions, they basically said that they know which religions do not, you know, require vaccines. And they're basically trying to say that they will have their experts review these exemptions and decide whether or not it's an acceptable religion for them to accept it. And I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. And according to the EEOC guidelines, there could be religions that they have no idea about. And as long as it's a sincerely held religious belief, then... So, so, so explain this. So a Catholic hospital gets to decide whether your religion is it works for an exemption. Yes, that's, how, that's what they're does, trying to say. How, yes. does that, how does that work? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Bob, talk to me. Um, what is going on? Isn't there a law? In Oregon, well, there's actually there is a law in Oregon that says that healthcare workers uh, cannot have immunizations cannot be a condition of working in a uh, by an employer as a condition of employment for healthcare workers. It's a law that's been on the books since 1989. I am how they think this law does not apply to them uh, escapes me. It truly does. I know that uh, there's talk in the legislature and talk in Governor Brown's office of amending this statute in a special session, but until that occurs, that is the law in Oregon, and healthcare workers may not have immunizations of any kind required as a condition of their employment. Yes, um, right. With, with respect to religious exemptions, Jay is absolutely correct. There's Supreme Court cases out there that say one does not have to belong to a recognized established religion for their own personal sincere religious beliefs to not matter. Um, it's what a person's own individual personal religious beliefs, and as long as they're sincerely held, is the determining factor of whether or not a religious exemption is valid or not. Not whether or not you belong to the you know, Church of Christian Scientists or Jehovah's Witnesses or any other potential denomination that may you know, be opposed outright to vaccinations. Well, why is it anybody's business, an employer's business, um, what my reasons are if, if, if I'm one of you and I don't choose to get the vaccine, you're masking up, you're social distancing, you're doing the other things that are required. You have been doing this. I've heard from tons of people in your position saying, oh, yeah, here it was, you know, 14 months ago, we were the heroes. Right. And now, all of a sudden, we're the, the scourge of the earth. And, and you're, you're going to fire us, which brings up another thing is, don't we already kind of have a shortage of nursing staff and, and hospital staff? And we have a full hospital now that I just watched the governor's news conference where she's implementing the masks thing again. I was really, I was really touched by her wording. And I am going to pick on this a little bit because I heard her from her mouth say, I am requiring Oregonians to do this, which do you not know your audience, governor, requiring? Mm -hmm. You're not requesting. You're 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 saying this is great for Oregon. You're requiring this. Um, come on, I think our PR people need to get with her a little bit and kind of talk about softening up your language just a tad bit. Mm -hmm. Bob, as the Oregonians for Medical Freedom, what is your big concern? Because you guys you guys are into this with all vaccines, like a lot of vaccines. Now, our organization has been around since 2015, which is when Oregonian first attempted the legislative removal of the uh, right to claim exemptions, non-medical exemptions for vaccines for school children. Now, our mission is to protect those exemptions, promote informed consent, which is a human right, mm -hmm. and to preserve medical medical privacy. Um, so far, we've succeeded on the first two, and we're miserably failing on the third at this point in time, because everyone's medical privacy is being invaded for an alleged you know, public health crisis that's going on right now in a pandemic that um, there's news of a lawsuit being filed in uh, California right now because just last week, Governor Newsom acknowledged that because of vaccinations, there's no longer an emergency, yet they're trying to continue the emergency. So there's a federal lawsuit being filed today to declare that there is no longer a emergency existing in the state of California. So talk, talk with me, any of you, about, let's just talk about the slippery slope. Yeah. But I think people are not looking at big picture. Um, they're panicking. I mean, I sit at the gym and I look up and see all the monitors and going, if I paid attention to all this crap, 
I would be totally nervous too. Yeah. But, but the, the bigger slippery slope is what? To me, I mean, to me, the bigger slippery slope is that once we open the doors for mandates such as this and for governors to lay down the law without going through a legislative process, um, we truly open the door for a level of tyranny that is already happening. And one, just to read a quote that I read um, that I really resonates me with me and speaks to this, questioning and doubting does not make you anti-anything, nor does it make you a conspiracy theorist. Actually, questioning is and should be the place of reason. The fact that questioning has become taboo should in fact send a chill up everyone's spine. And if we don't question this, because there has been so much controversy since the start of this pandemic, scientists and virologists, Nobel Prize winning scientists from around the globe have been speaking out about um, the the harm that we have done as a, as a world, as a society related to this. If we don't have open question debate, which is exactly what science is, then um, we will never move, be able to move forward. We will never be able to see this through. We will never be on the other side of this and we will open the doors for a complete control and surveillance system of all human beings. No. Megan's absolutely right. If we open the door for mandated any medical intervention on our bodies and if we don't have the right to say no who's to say that five years from now population gets to the point where the state mandates that um, abortion birth control has been required of absolutely everybody or sterilization is required of everybody mm -hmm. now, where does that line go if right. we do not have control over our bodies the state can do anything to us medically right um, and That's just if you're just if you're fully vaccinated today I mean, that should scare the holy shit out of people. It really should it, scare the holy should. shit out of people. Yeah, you're right. Right. I think people don't want to think about that. I think they just want to stay in their own bubbles. They want to follow the rules. And if I think that if they think that they follow the rules, that things are just going to go back to normal. But it's not. And right. I don't, I think people need to understand this is a problem. I don't, it's, it may not seem like that big of a deal right now, but if we allow this now, just like Megan said, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep going and going and going until we, we have no choice in anything. There are legislatures in this state who not only don't want to think about that, but actually ridiculed me for bringing up the slippery slope argument in a town hall meeting mm -hmm. with a, one of the state senators we have. He poked fun at me for raising the slippery slope argument. And I was like, seriously? You know, we went from two weeks to, you know, the people who are calling Trump a Nazi saying, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve to show us your papers. Right. What is going on? I mean, right. if you can't see that that is a slippery slope and we've already fallen off the cliff. Well, what about Multnomah County? What are you paying attention? They're, they're requiring that you show passport ID, and if you don't and you get caught or whatever, the fine is like a thousand bucks. Yeah. I mean, do, do people not think that? I mean, this is America. And then if you even bring up freedom, that's the new F word that they right. that you're passing. Right. And but see what I'm done with, and I think a major portion. I think what scares the hell out of what I like to call the erasists. These are the the people who try to erase us because of our opinions and our questions. Yeah, the erasists are getting nervous because everybody's starting to rise up because they push too far. And right. now it's all of a sudden like you're, you're getting into my. Now you're starting to get into my bedroom. You're getting into my living room. You're coming into my home, and you don't get to do that. And I hope that people are waking up because this is not really about COVID. It's not. No, about, it's, it's not about a virus. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, one thing that I want to draw attention to is the mass amounts of protests that are happening all around the world that is mm -hmm. completely censored um, from our news media in this country. It is really beautiful, truly inspiring to see. Um, New York City is going off the hook right now because they have vaccine mandates in, in the city. Um, it is it is a major, major issue. Um, and Rick, do you mind? There is, I wanted to comment on something that Nate had said. Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. 
Um, so I want to also make sure that people recognize and are clear that even the CDC, the Fauci, has made it very clear that this um, vaccine does not stop you from getting COVID, nor does it stop you from transmitting it. Yes. We have had Nobel Prize winning evolutionary biologists who have been speaking out before the vaccines were rolled out um, to speak to what happens from an evolutionary perspective of viruses. Viruses are constantly mutating. Viruses are always creating new variants. This is completely, completely a part of infectious disease. We've known this for a very long time. And when you put extreme evolutionary pressure of the wrong kind, like a vaccine, on a virus, you create mutations, you create variations. Um, so it's really important for people to understand that when a virus is put under pressure such as this, it is going to mutate. So it is not, this is not about the unvaccinated causing variants. That is a complete BS argument. Um, and anybody with any science background will understand that and know that. Um, so to say that the unvaccinated are killing the vaccinated is an utter lie. That is what you are being brainwashed right. to believe. So we need okay. to stop that conversation and stop the divisiveness. Right. I totally agree. I mean, that is when, so, so people die of the flu. Mm -hmm. So in the past, when I had the flu and didn't quite know it and I was out and then the next day I got sick and I may have infected somebody else. So then, so now I'm a murderer and I've had people come on here and call me murders and each other murders. That's horseshit. Yeah. That's I mean, horseshit. you can't, yeah, you can't do that. That is, no. that is like, well, I mean, we're all on this planet together right? And, and things are going to transfer. The problem I see too, in my mind, is that we have hidden people away for so long. We're, yeah. we're doing something unnatural. So our bodies, some people's bodies are not able to build up those resistance to that, which is how your body is made. It's a wonderful operating machine that it bases it off of that. And, and so we've, we kind of, like humans always do, we get involved in the process and then, and then we've, now we've messed it up. And, right. and so now we've got all these people that don't have, and, and children, it's what I worry about is they don't have an immune system, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and who knows? So Bob, what do people do? You're an attorney. Um, you fight this kind of thing. What, what, what's the next step for the, for the hospital staff? How can the public get involved? Because I think the public better get involved because if, if, at the end of the first week in September, there's not enough phone-in nurses to come in and do the work that needs to be done all over the state of Oregon that's going to impact people. And you're going to end up at the hospital. There's nobody there to help you. But at least you won the argument. <laughs> well, we've got to increase public awareness of the true reality of what's happening out there. I mean, when both the vax and the unvaccinated people both can carry and transmit the virus or any of the variants, then repeated testing, compulsory testing of the only unvaccinated is nothing but punitive harassment, nothing more. I mean, it has no utility. So as we increase public awareness, larger numbers of people joining protests, sending letters to their legislatures, sending letters to the governor, sending letters to OHA, pointing out that this is you know, the futility of what they're doing, um, as well as the infringement on our rights needs to take place. Um, secondly, uh, legal actions need to be taken. Um, currently, the vaccines only have emergency use authorization and are not fully licensed by the FDA. There's word, and when you look at the orders coming down from Governor Brown requiring uh, every state employees to be mandated or vaccinated by October 18th or six weeks after. FDA approval, whichever comes later, leads me to believe that they have indications that the FDA will go ahead and approve it sometime in early September. Yeah. If the FDA does that, they're going to be going against what their earlier word is saying. They're not going to cut any corners. They're going to wait until they have all the sufficient clinical trials fully completed. Um, and those won't be completed at the earliest until December of 2022 for the Moderna phase three clinical trials and March 2023 for the Pfizer phase three clinical trials. How can you adequately follow federal law in meeting all of the, getting all the information needed to fully evaluate and approve a drug based on detecting the scientific data and clinical trials showing that they're safe and effective when those trials have not yet even been completed? Mm -hmm. Yep, right. Now, if, if, if the FDA goes ahead and does approve the drug, uh, I'm sure that there are several 
groups across the nation that will be filing lawsuits challenging that decision as violating federal law. Mm -hmm. So Audrey, Audrey says, who thinks the vaccinated are giving it to the unvaxxed? I think the vaccinated have just an easily a, a chance to give it to the unvaxxed as we're saying that the vax can give it to the vaccinated or the unvaxxed. It can go either way. It's always been the case. These um, vaccine manufacturers have never claimed that it, you couldn't transmit. And um, I think it's important to understand that there's also the concepts that a lot of people were saying early on, which if you think about it, it could very well hold true in the fact that with this mass vaccination program, we're creating a bunch of super spreaders because that vaccine is lim is um, decreasing your symptoms, decreasing the severity of you, potentially not even noticing that you are positive. And yeah. so what do you do? You go out, you are unprotected, you were unmasked for a long period of time. You maybe let down your guard a little bit because you think the vaccine's protecting you. And now you're creating a bunch of super spreaders. And so earlier when I was mentioning um, the evolutionary pressure on these viruses, it's similar in concept to what happens when you create a superbug, when you over antibiotic a community, a person, an individual, you have, you run the risk of creating superbugs. Um, I do think that by putting um, the unvaccinated into a situation of having to test regularly. Some Somebody asked about what would you say to a patient who does not want to take care of a vaccine be taken care of by an unvaccinated. That's happening a lot. We are literally having patients using the F word, um, F you get out of my room. Um, that is not okay because we take care of our patients regardless of their lifestyle choices. We take care of patients that are in and out of the hospital every other week with no medical insurance, placing a massive strain on our community and our health system. And we still take care of them with compassion and love and empathy. Um, and so when you test uh, the unvaccinated every week, I would actually feel more protected as a patient. My caregiver, while they might be unvaccinated, they're wearing an N95 and they're getting tested regularly. Why are we not doing that for all caregivers? That should be across the board for all vaccinated or unvaccinated if that's the way that you're going to go down. Um, and that's the choice that's going to be made by the hospital. Everybody should go through the same testing, especially when we know that transmission can be the same. Yep. And, and isn't it true, like that for all of you, for Jay, for Megan, for anybody at the hospital that, I mean, we haven't seen outbreaks coming at hospitals. You guys take huge precautions against that. In fact, one thing I had an interview early on and they said, what, what nursing homes and, and retirement homes should be doing is what hospitals do. So you already do that. You're not the problem. Mm -hmm. So why is this being made out to be such a big deal? Is it money? Well, so CMS, um, CMS, who is a um, authorizing body of hospitals, they are also Medicare, Medicaid funding that they provide to hospitals. They are providing funding if hospitals, they're providing X amount more funding to hospitals if they're 100% um, staff vaccination. And so this is Peace Health classic form, unfortunately, profits over people. Yep. You know, that but same funding of following the money applies to money. vaccines across the boards. Yeah. You know, pediatricians get a bonus at the end of the year if they have a certain percentage of their patients that are fully vaccinated according to the CDC schedule. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a bonus of you know, 400 through Blue Cross Blue Shield is a bonus of $400 per patient. And yeah. it's all or nothing. If you if you reach a threshold, you get that four hundred dollar bonus for every each and every patient in your practice. So if you've got a hundred patients, that's a forty thousand dollar bonus at the end of the year. If you miss that percentage point, you don't you get zero. So there's numerous financial incentives, both on pediatricians as well as hospitals, to ensure that vaccine uptake is has a high percentage, if not 100% in some places. Right. Jay, go ahead. You've been trying to get a word in here, and I, I we all, everybody keeps get jumping in, and I'm going. No, it's okay. Um, well, Megan basically taking the words right out of my mouth. So, <laughs> one one thing that I just wanted to bring up is the bullying that is going on right now, and I just feel like just blatant disrespect. Like I personally, since they release this announcement that they're going to be doing this. I have never felt more disposable. 
I have been told, you know, we need to know what you're doing because if you're not going to get it, then we need to, you know, we're going to, we're going to find your replacement. And that's been told to multiple employees. They've been asked multiple times, probably almost every day, are you getting your vaccination? If not, you should probably quit so you don't have a termination on your record, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just over and over that people are just getting harassed, called at home. I mean, and it's just nonstop. And I just I have a friend that works there at the hospital and she was called in because whoever had written down that she had both of her vaccines, but hadn't written down improperly marked it. So called in and then are you going to get you need to get your second vaccine? And she had scared the hell out of her. And she said no and explained and then showed the records that show that she had both of them. But I mean, it sounds like well, I mean, like a little communist, you know, I mean, well, it it's sad. It's so sad. Yeah. And I following. Go ahead. I was going to say, following up on what Jay's saying about the bullying and such, what really is lacking in this entire discussion across the board and across the world, and it's being suppressed by the MSM. Nobody's discussing this, but in 2003, every single UNESCO nation signed a nine bonding declaration declaring universal rights, bioethics, and human rights. And under that declaration, every single preventative, diagnostic and therapeutic medical procedure may only be performed with the fully informed voluntary consent of the individual. The rights of society do not supersede the rights of the individual. And individuals, as stated in that declaration, individuals can withhold that consent at any time without any social prejudice, discrimination, or loss of any other of their human rights. Why is that not part of the discussion? Why aren't we discussing the ethics of this at all? Right. It's totally out of the equation. No one, no one even discusses the bioethics of this. And quite honestly, when you look at the risks to the children of this vaccine and the push of public health authorities to mandate to this vaccine to children 12 and older and even younger than that, if it ever gets approval for that, the risks of the vaccine far exceed the far. risks of dying from the virus for children. We had a total of 330 children 335, 336 children who have died across the nation from this. Virtually every single one of them had significant underlying medical conditions like leukemia and cancer. Right. It's not the virus that's killing them, it's their other underlying conditions. Yeah. And children do not die from this virus. Right. Um, I honestly, I honestly, I've been saying this over and over again, and I'll continue saying it. Pushing this vi vaccine on children is a crime against humanity. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we don't know any long-term effects. So we are how, I mean, the control group for the vaccine trials, 80 plus percent of them are already vaccinated. We don't have a control group. We are the control group. We yep. need to have long-term viability studies, efficacy and safety studies to know what this will do in the years to come. There are, we already know the biodistribution study that came out of Japan has already shown that this spike protein shows up in your ovaries in a large capacity, your adrenal glands, your liver, your lungs, and your kidneys. Um, and they're also seeing it go into the lymph, which some scientists are suspecting we're going to see quite significant amounts of leukemias and bone marrow cancers in a, in a couple of years. We don't have long-term data. We need long-term data. And so to me, vaccine mandates are not, um, it's not public health. It's not, pub it's not about, um, it's not about public health. It's about public secrecy and it's about erasing the control group so that the efficacy and the safety data of these emergency youth authorized products um, looks much better than it um, than it would otherwise if we had a control group. Mm -hmm. wow. yeah, every single prior attempt at a coronavirus vaccine yes. resulted in antigen-dependent enhancement. Exactly. When they and did the efficacy, what, when they did the, what does that mean? That means that, what that means is if you've been vaccinated and this is, for the coronavirus with the prior vaccines that they try, tried to make, and then you were exposed to the wild virus in nature, you had a more significant infection than you would have had with had you not had the vaccine in the first place. And in fact, in all prior attempts, when they were in the animal, fest, animal testing phase, when exposed to the wild virus, every single animal died. Right. Yet yep. when we did the safety and efficacy testing for these new novel gene therapy vaccines, which are you know, it's debatable whether or not they're a true vaccine without changing the definition of vaccines. Um, they skipped that. That was not part of the efficacy tasting. 
testing. Numerous virologists around the world have warned about this being a possibility. And you know the growth of the Delta variants in other cases and breakthrough cases, which is a synonym in my mind to vaccine failure, um, vaccines are supposed to, under the true sense of the word, prevent you from getting infected. But yet that was never part of the efficacy testing of the vaccines that are currently under EUA approval, not even approval authorization. Right. So, so what should people do in terms of um, from here? So, you know, in terms of the, the employees, I guess you just you need more support. When is your next rally going to be? Friday from right. four thirty to eight thirty again. Right out in front of the hospital. Yes. Okay. So people were asking. I saw some people asking. So four thirty to eight thirty on Friday. Um, Bob, in terms of representing people and nurses and stuff, are you working with them or talking to them about? doing whatever it is you're doing? Working with a number of different groups. Um, got a planning meeting this evening with uh, some groups in Portland, uh, coordinating between num numerous educational as well as medical freedom groups who, and you know, healthcare providers and state workers who are concerned that their fundamental human right to decide what goes into their body is being infringed. Right. This is across the board. This is across the state of Oregon. This is not just Peace Health. This is all healthcare workers um, that work in that capacity across Oregon, um, as well as everybody that works for Peace Health, whether it's a contractor or a vendor that walks in the door. Um, they are all being asked to be vaccinated. And so we need people to be writing to their legislatures. We need people to be going to the Capitol. We need people having conversations, being open to critically think and have conversations, which I feel like is the basic foundational component to how we move forward as a society, how we move forward with this in this pandemic with this virus is is have conversations. We, we have to stop with the rhetoric of divisiveness and saying, well, I trust the science, but I'm only trusting the bought and paid for science that is being told to me from the CDC or the NIH or um, everybody else that has a massive amounts of funding coming to them from pharmaceutical companies. Meanwhile, there are amazing Nobel Prize winning scientists speaking out. So why, why are we not having conversations with them as well? We need to, we need to converse. Um, first and well, foremost. Because they keep, you know, I mean, I'm even risking, it's like they shut everybody down. If you put anything out yeah. there that's different than the narrative and that should just right there, warn people, right. That something's going on here. Yeah. And, you know, that that and, and, and you know, and I think I, people are writing on here, too. I'm seeing this is not just hospital workers. Right. It's not going to be state workers. Mm -hmm. yeah. people, so, so here's people. I have a friend and she's five years from retirement. Well, so now what does she do? Does she, and she doesn't want to get the vaccine. So does she get the vaccine and risk what you're talking about? All these things that could happen or does she and then or risk losing her what she's worked out for years to try to get this retirement in five years i mean it is just a terrible 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 thing yeah. it's just tragic and it's like and i and what i want to keep you know what we have to remember is we are to blame for this because we've allowed it to happen yeah we've been apathetic and not necessarily i'm not saying it's just all of our fault because I think in the beginning when this all came out, everybody was too afraid to say anything when it felt weird mm -hmm. because you didn't want to be the person responsible for killing people. Well, now that we know that that's horseshit right. um, and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And it's like people, we have to start right. expressing our ideas because if we don't, this they're going to, it's like a, you know, it's, oh, it's almost like, I, no, I can't use that analogy. That would get me in so much trouble, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's give an inch and they'll take a mile. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's what's happening. It's like a little bit more pinch, 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 a little more and pulling right. and how far? Oh, let the back. OK. Oh. And yeah. we have to we have to grab the rope and say, that's it. Yeah. OK, I'm not doing this again. Rick, I'm not doing this anymore. Rick and, I've been involved in this fight for a long time, uh, 20 years. Exactly. It was actually 20 years ago that I asked a law school classmate of mine, who was then a state senator, to introduce a bill that would have added philosophical exemptions to the rights to school children not to take the vaccine. We only had a religious exemption back in 2001. That state senator is now our governor, Kate Brown. Now she didn't support the bill, but she did introduce it at my respect and my request. I've been involved heavily since 2013 fighting to preserve those exemption rights. And I've encountered, run across documents and PowerPoint presentations given by city and county health organizations funded by CDC 
that talk about you know eliminating exemptions as a first step. I've seen this fight coming for years, knowing that the exemption rights for children has been a stumbling block from them preventing them from mandating the vaccines for adults. They've stated out boldly in their paraphernalia, the end game, vaccine coverage from cradle to grave. It's not just the COVID vaccine. If they can mandate you to require that one, there's 150, 200 vaccines in development, mostly for conditions that adults have. They're not trying to increase the vaccine schedule for children. They've already attacked 16 different viruses, targeted 16 different diseases with vaccines for children. Children nowadays get up to 72 doses by the time they reach the age of 18. How many more adults vaccines do they want to mandate upon adults? 50, 75, 100? You're fully vaccinated today, but next week you're going to need a third booster. So you're not fully vaccinated again. You can't go shopping unless you get that third booster or your fourth booster or your 450th booster. When does it end? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it I reminds mean, me of the thought of that should scare everybody. If you have no control exactly. over what the state says has to can be injected in your body, you're not a free person. Period. You are right. a slave. Yeah. And then if your doctor you know is being is you know the pressure is on for cuz I tried at one point to get my doctor to give me some you know to talk to me about because I'd had cancer and I was had questions about this. They wouldn't even talk to me about it. It was just, here's what you need to do. And I'm going, well, I, I want to make sure, you know, when I, when I found out I had cancer, I, I took six months and everybody thought I was crazy. And my wife and I researched every treatment available and mm -hmm. I picked one that was not done very much, but I also had already researched it. Well, I'm going to do the same. What I put in my body is priceless because mm -hmm. I know that my body creates cancer. So I'm going to be real careful what I put in there. And that's my business. You know right. what I mean? It's nobody else's choice. Right. It's, right. My choice it's like me going to someone who had prostate cancer and saying, you need to do radiation. That's what you have to do. And, yep. and you shouldn't, you can't do anything else. And it's like, no, we still have medical choice and we need to have that um, as a society and as a culture. So what do you say to people when they say, um, but, you know, this variant is more and more people are sick and it's getting it's you know over the top and it's you know it's 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 got you know it's more transmittable and all that stuff so what, what's your what do you guys say to them about this whole thing in terms of you know protecting yourself right i mean i think everybody has to do their due diligence with protecting themselves but i do feel as though you vaccines cannot and historically speaking will not ever eradicate a respiratory virus it yes. has never happened with the flu it has never happened we have never been able to do this with the common cold adenovirus rsv you cannot eradicate a virus that has the ability to both infect a human and have an animal reservoir you cannot eradicate a virus with a vaccine that is like I mean, that is science 101. Um, we were able to eradicate smallpox. Everybody likes to use this um, smallpox example. Smallpox only ever learned how to infect humans. There was never an animal reservoir. When you have both, you cannot manage it with a vaccine. We need to be mindful that this will be around forever. Coronaviruses have been around forever. There's how many hundreds of coronaviruses. It will be around forever. So we need to do our best in having conversations in our community about health, about our diet, about our exercise, about our breathing practices, about um, what toxins we take in on a regular basis. Viruses attach on the back of a toxin. They attach on the back of PM 2.5, the particulate matter from smoke. So this smoke is going to create an extra upswing. Um, so we need to be talking community health because this is with us forever. And if we think otherwise, then um, we're going to be doing the Albert Einstein definition of insanity, you know, basically doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. We're 18 plus months into this and we haven't, nothing has changed. We're in a worse off situation. Yep. So that's the thing I wanted yep. to bring up real quick too, because Bob, we talked about this last night, Megan and I. Um, I, what I what I think is another red flag for me 
uh, being a former journalist and somebody who I ask questions of anything. I mean, why is, you know, why is urine yellow? I, I ask questions of everything. Why have we not seen anything like a public awareness campaign directed at getting healthy? So we put on masks, just like our culture. We hide behind something, oh, cover it up, right. stay away, hide, and then and that's the easy way. The hard thing to do is to start eating right. Stop eating fast food. Quit putting right. shit into your body. Quit putting toxins into your body. And right. don't lose weight so we don't have diabetes because that's one of the three top risk factors. Not to blame anyone who has these things. I'm just saying we as right. a culture have become, when my Asian friends come here, the first thing they say is, oh, my God, Americans are so fat. And <laughs> so this is like we are seeing, um, and that's not a racist thing. That is just their, their culture. You don't get yeah. fat like that. Right. Here, they come here and see how we're doing. So, but why was Rick, it? Why? Was Rick, it million why? Three words. Follow the money. Yeah. Public health is supported and funded by the pharmaceutical industry. They're not going to support, even though they know and will acknowledge privately and publicly that vitamin D levels is important. They will refuse. They refuse to make any recommendations to the public of increasing your vitamin D levels. Vitamin D can help you not only fight off infections, but if you are infected, reduce the severity of the infections. Right. Dr. Dean Seidlinger in a public forum in Yamhill County acknowledged that last February, but will OHA issue a public statement telling people, especially in the wintertime in Oregon, supplement, you know, take vitamin D supplements to increase your immune system? No, they refuse to do so. And that's gross negligence on their part by not doing what they know would help. Right. Um, so, so then, and then those kidding. same people say to me or you or someone else, you're putting people at risk. No, I turn that back on you. You no. are putting risk because you're right. not telling them the simple things they can do. You give them this mask stuff and you're not giving them health information. Yeah. That is, that is, you want to talk about a crime against humanity. Right. That right there is a crime against humanity. And that is one thing, Dr. Peter McCullough, who is a re renowned cardiologist. Um, he's also a professor of medicine at Baylor University. Um, he has published numerous papers. That is one of his things. He's been speaking out hardcore about this. Yeah. Um, but one of his biggest things is never before have doctors said when we know that they have there are patients with experiencing something outpatient. Our whole goal is to help patients avoid getting to the hospital so we don't overrun the hospital. As soon as you come to the hospital, your risk of dying goes up. As soon as you go to the ICU, your risk of dying goes up even more. Why are we not communicating about early outpatient treatment? We know there are treatments available that will help reduce the likelihood that you will make it to the hospital, but we're not having those conversations. We literally have a pandemic of chronic disease in this country. One in three individuals has at least one chronic disease. Um, chronic disease across the board is killing people and has been for a very long time. And it is the root cause of the people that are at most risk for this virus. Um, so we really need to be talking about community health. First and foremost, we give our patients, our co every single COVID patient that's in the hospital gets put on a regimen of vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, and thiamine. The community would do so well to all be on a regimen of a vitamin regimen to support their body, especially going into another fall and winter viral season. Yes. Okay. Now, Can you putting things into perspective. Oh, sorry, Rick. What's that? Megan, Megan, when you go in later and type that in to the comment section, so people, what, what they're given at the hospital, just type it in there so people could go yep. back and look at that. That would be really helpful, I think, to people. This quinine water, is that good too? Because somebody said tonic water. Oh, I don't know about quinine. Yeah. I mean, water hydration is huge, okay. especially with the smoke in the air. Um, your lungs are going to be needing more hydration when any there, any time that there is particulate matter in the air, you always need more water. Okay. Any final comments from any of you? Go ahead. Each one of you can, if you have something you want to throw in at the end. Mine, Let me put things into perspective. You know, Based on this, I, I look at OHA's data on a regular basis and I compare some of their data on deaths and mortalities from other causes and such. Since this began currently today, Oregon is of a population of four and a quarter million people approximately. 
about four people a day have been dying from allegedly or with COVID. Okay, based on death certificates that actually state that tobacco is the cause of the person's death, we lose 21 people a day in Oregon to tobacco-related diseases. We actually there's another 82 people a day that die in Oregon each and every day from those same diseases, but their death certificates are silent as to whether or not tobacco is related. Jason made a comment, saw a comment by Jason saying that Governor Brown put a tax on vaping, so now people are going back to cigarettes. Yep. Now, where is the public health concern there? You know, if we're losing potentially 103 people a day to tobacco, but only four people a day to COVID, why aren't we banning tobacco immediately? Because that's killing far more people than the COVID virus is. There's, See, there that, should be an emergency declared a pandemic on tobacco deaths. See, that's what drives me crazy, the hypocrisy of this. And that people, I mean, you know what I mean? That is, that's insanity. So we freak out over four people a day on average, and we, but we don't care about a hundred and whatever for cigarettes or for smoking. So we're not, money. this isn't a public health issue. This is like wh whatever they'll sell you issue. Oh, yes. God, this makes me, yeah. Bob, you're just making me angrier and that gets more <laughs> trouble. You, you make me start yeah. cussing, saying bad words, and then I get in trouble. And so, Jay, give me a, a parting message or a thought. What you're I, think, I think my biggest thing, I just, I just want to tell people that I know this isn't just peace health. It's not just us struggling with this. I want people to know that you're, you're not alone. We're here. We support you. You can get in contact with us. And, you know, I think we've all agreed that even if this all goes south and we end up getting fired or lose our jobs, that we're going to still continue to be there for each other. I just really want to reiterate that you're not alone. I think before we got our group together, a lot of people were feeling alone. They feel like they don't have anybody on their side. And I just want to say that's absolutely not true. We're here for you and we will fight until the end. We're not going to give up. But if you do, if you do decide to make the decision to get vaccinated, we support that as well. We support you either way. And I just really want to make sure people know that we're here for you. Thanks, Jay. Megan. Um, same thing. We're definitely here for you. And um, in all capacities, whatever the choice is, that's what this is about, is just personal choice and medical freedom. Medical freedom has is a, like a foundation to this country. Um, and I feel like, again, going back to that slippery slope, if we continue to allow mandate after mandate to take over our lives, we will no longer be a people, um, a free people. We will be under a tyranny. And if I, we started talking about Joe in the beginning, Joe Rogan, and if I could just read a quick quote of his um, that relates, that speaks really strongly to me at least. Um, he does curse. I won't say the full word. Up until 1776, every effing country that has ever existed was run by dictators, all of them. This was the first country where you had elected officials, the first experience in self-government that actually worked and created the greatest superpower the world has ever known. It created the greatest cultural machine, the greatest machine of art and creativity and innovation right here. How did it do that? It did it through freedom. Because when you give people freedom, when you let people do what they want to do, they actually find ways to succeed and grow and thrive. And I think when we start putting massive amounts of uh, mandates, rules, laws, caps on a society, we are no longer free. We're under control. And we got to be careful that we don't go down that path. All right. So, Bob, thank you so much for all you've done over the years um, for Oregon's for medical freedom and that your knowledge and able, you know, ability to come on here and really give some information for people. Um, Jay and Megan. Wow. You are two of the gutsiest women I've ever met because you know by Thank doing you. this, you're going to lose your job because there's a, you signed something with Peace Health that says you will not go on social media and do what you just did. So <laughs> mandates, no mandates, virus or whatever, uh, you already, you know, you're know, you willing to stand up and speak. And I have to admire that. And I think other people do, too, um, because, um, you know, in the end, that you know, people come on and, you know, bitch at me about, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. At the end of the day, you know what? When Rick Dancer goes to bed with Rick Dancer, he sleeps well. Mm -hmm. Because, because I, I follow my heart and I follow my information. I follow my critical spirit and this and my critical thinking skills taught to me by Mr. O'Donnell in the freshman year of high school. 
Um, I'll never forget that man teaching me how to think critically. And um, I'm not going back and none of us are going back. And life is too short to be a follower. Um, and I don't need followers. I need other people standing shoulder to shoulder, ready to bust ass and go make this back to what we are supposed to be. Um, that's what we're looking for here. And so I'm honored to have you on my show. Um, thank again, you for having us. Totally well, appreciate it, Rick. Thank, thank, thank you, you, Rick. Seriously. Hope it stays up. We'll see what happens. If I lose my audience, I'll be, uh, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll have to beg Facebook to let me back on. But that's another thing we have to do is fight for the ability to have free speech and talk with each other, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And thanks, when Alan. I'll, I'll give a thanks to Alan Thayer for connecting me to Bob because Alan, you know, he gives me a lot of great interviews. So I have to be able to kiss his ass just a tiny bit here. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Have thank a good day. You. Thank All you. Right, so everybody share this on your page. Um, <clears throat> there was already like 800 people on here watching uh, just that we know about. So, but share it on your page in case someone else sees it and just needs a little more information about what's going on. Um, tonight, we'll be live at the Scandinavian Festival with um, Amanda Parker with Parker Heights uh, Realty Company. Um, the festival's going on and we'll talk to her and find out more about it, show you the old Scandi days. Didn't, didn't get to have it last year, but it's back this year. Um, hopefully that lasts through the weekend. We'll find out more about that too. Um, and then on Friday, we're going to talk to the Veterans Legacy. This is an organization that bought the old prison camp out, at, um, out in uh, Wolf Creek, bought it for a buck, and they're taking that prison and restoring it into a homeless place for uh, homeless veterans. Uh, so they're going to take them 30 miles out in the country and teach them how to grow things, make things, feed things, um, and how to be responsible in their community and change their lives. So we'll be talking to them on Friday. Um, boy, that's a good show. That was a really good show. That's what. That's why I do what I do, man, for days like that. So uh, pass it on, share it. And I do appreciate uh, you watching. And if you have a different opinion than me, and other people on here, that's fine too. But be kind when you address it. Because if you're an asshole, I'll get rid of you. Good night.